Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this episode of the Three Northern Boys podcast. Um, there's two of us currently on the line. We've got myself, Rob, and Rich tonight. How are you doing, Rich? Yeah, I'm good. All well with you? Yeah, I can't complain apart from this stinking cold I've got, but apart from that, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. So I suppose since we've, this is our last podcast since the Chelsea game, we can have a quick little chat about that match. What did you think about the game after you've had a week or so, nearly a week to digest it? Yeah, to stew on it. Um, I was quite uh, clear-minded after the game was finished, actually. Uh, I thought 1-1 was a fair result. Liverpool were, were good. Uh, can't really complain about the way they tried. Playing against a tough team who uh, defensively played very well. Kept a very rigid formation and fo- good focus. So it was always going to be difficult to break down. Slightly unlucky maybe not to score once or twice. But, you know, they didn't lose, which is... Uh, most important thing in a big game like that, I think. But all in all, yeah, you might say you can be a bit disappointed that they only drew against 10 men. But I think nowadays, when it comes to 10 men opposition, it's a lot harder than what it used to be because the fitness levels of teams now are a lot better than what it was in the 90s and 80s and etc. etc. Do you feel, I know a lot of people are going to say it's two points dropped after being obviously Chelsea down for 10 men for the second half. But in comparison to last year's fixture, we obviously lost to Chelsea at home last year, 1-0. And Burnley, we got beat and we defeated them. So we're kind of, instead of being two points down, we're kind of like four points better off than we were last in the corresponding fixtures last year. And if you, well, if you take it to play Norwich... And swap them with Fulham. We did lose. We did lose to Fulham as well. So, in theory, we're kind of seven points up more than where we should when we were last year. That's the way I look at it. That might just be my glass half full thing coming in, yeah. but you know, it's a solid start to the season. I think. Yeah. Well, seven points at the start of the, after three games is a good start for anybody. Mm. Um, you know, have to look at Arsenal. And- Start as the stark contrast uh, from then and us is completely night and day. They haven't got any points. They haven't even scored a goal yet, have they? In the league? No, I don't believe they have. No, no. they haven't. No. Two nil, two nil defeats in the first in the opening two games and mm-hmm. five nil. Five nil against, against Man City. Yes. I mean, obviously, it's still very early, but yeah, I'm really happy. Um, if people are expecting the Liverpool team from almost what a year ago a little over a year ago to to uh to perform at like 97 points again then the the bonkers because realistically 97 points is not not realistic to be doing that every season mm. so um they're in a good position i think they got a really good chance to win the league title again this season but obviously you got to throw man city in there and chelsea man united uh, I think they're on the outside of it still, but you never know what could happen. But I would say it would be Man City, Liverpool, and Chelsea. But yeah, they've had a good start. And optimistic. I don't want to be pessimistic mm-hmm. because you know, compared to last season, this is 
it's completely different now. It's kind of like that last season didn't exist in a way because of the things that happened and yeah. Well, to me, I just write write that off. It was an aberration, and this year you can already tell with Virgil back playing and playing alongside Matip, the defense looks very very solid. I don't think they're going to concede many goals. Considering the only goal we conceded was off a set piece, which was, I'd still think Havertz didn't mean that to go in. I think he was just flicking it on, but that's just me. Um, but yeah, they look a lot more solid defensively. Uh, speaking, we'll, we'll move on. Speaking of the transfer window, obviously it closed on Tuesday last week. Liverpool didn't bring anybody else in. We obviously had the news on Tuesday of, Henderson signing a new four-year deal and uh, Nat Phillips signing a new deal. Were you surprised with the lack of activity at Liverpool players coming in? I know a few players went out. We made quite a bit of money. I think all in all we made over £40 million pounds, uh, in profit for player sales and we got obviously bought Canate for 36 Do you think we've got enough strength and depth in the squad to cope with the demands till January? What do you think? Defensively and in midfield, I think we have. Um, and the, the bench on Saturday, I think, proved that against Chelsea. We haven't had a bench like that, I don't think, uh, ever. Mm. <laughs> In Premier League, in the Premier League, I don't think Liverpool have ever had the strongest bench as what they had there. Uh, you know the players they had on the bench: Thiago, Naby Keita, um, Jota. Jota was on the bench. James Milner, no Milner was injured, wasn't he? I think Minamino was on there. Yeah, Minamino. Origi, maybe I'm not sure. Origi. You had Curtis Jones possibly on the bench. Not sure. Oxley Chamberlain wasn't with the first the first team because of. No, no, I think he was. He was. He was on the bench. Well, for, he was. Yeah. He so was he on the bench for Sunday. Well. So the whoever can say that we don't have a strong enough squad is a bit bonkers because there's a lot of players there that could get in the starting eleven and make an impact. Simicast was dropped to the bench. Mm. Which I thought was a bit strange, to be honest, because well, I, th- I thought he should have started, really. He's played well on him recently. Why would you change a team that's winning? Why, yeah. why why change it around that much? I thought he would have played Cater as well. I was quite surprised he didn't play. Because Henderson still didn't look 100% fit in that game. I thought he, was, he wasn't up to his usual standard, which is expected because he's been out for so long and he still didn't play much for England in the Euros. He hasn't had much of a pre-season, so it's, it's to be expected. He won't get up to speed for another few games, I think. But, yeah, I was quite surprised Cater didn't play the way he's been playing. I thought he's been excellent so far this year. Um, Yeah, but I've, I did think maybe we needed something else in attack. Do you think on Saturday when we needed that bit extra maybe to try and nick a goal against Chelsea that when Klopp went to look at the bench he didn't go for he doesn't trust the likes of Minamino and Origi to get him a goal mm, I don't think it was that I think he wouldn't have him he wouldn't have him on the bench what if he didn't think they were good enough mm. I, that's what I think Um, I just think that the three he has up top if it's like the usual three of Firmino, 
Salah and Mane. They're so reliable, so robust. They always seem to perform every single week, even though when you think, well, they need a break now, and it's like, you know, they go out and score again. So they 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 have that understanding that those three up top can generally last the full season, and it, they've proven that. You know, people will look at last season and say, oh, well, Mane wasn't as good, and Firmino wasn't that great, but Jesus Christ, they had a two-week break before the season started again after them winning the league, which was paused halfway through, then to finish it off. So you're already disturbing the pre-season schedule, so that went out the window. So, you know, you're throwing them straight into a new season. It doesn't give the players a chance to rest and do the proper things to get ready for a new season again. So, you know, they're durable this time around. So it's a different story, but I I look at it, I think, yeah, OK, Liverpool could have possibly got another <laughs> forward. But then you look at the options that are available out there and you think, who could they realistically bring in in the summertime who's prepared to say, OK, I'll wait and learn from the players that are here and I'll bide my time. It's When you look out there, I, I don't think you're looking at a player that you're thinking, well, yeah, he could stay on the bench and give us be an impact player. I mean, obviously, my depth of knowledge about football players in European football or world football isn't vast, but what what is the difference going to be from bringing a new player to what Minamino's already there and he's learned what how the way we play in Divokery yeah I I mean I don't know how you feel about it but I personally think if you're going to go out and get a forward you're going to be replacing one of your forwards you've already got yeah, I agree um, to me you're going to struggle to get somebody like you say who's of that quality who's happy to be a, a bit part player who's hardly not going to play much I know people will say, oh, well, you'll be missing such and such because of the AFCON in January. But that's like a couple of games, is it? Not, I think it's only two matches. Two matches. So you could quite easily, if you're that desperate, sign somebody on loan for the season in January if you wanted. Mm. Whether that they do that, probably not. Because Klopp obviously trusts the guys he's got there and the youngsters coming through. You've got Cade Gordon... Um, he looks like a good lad. He's only a young light. I think sixteen. So, if you get that desperate, then get Daniel Sturridge in. He's on on a free transfer. Chuck him in for a, on the on the yeah. bench. There you go. <laughs> Studgy's still yeah. around. Have Daniel Sturridge back. I mean, yeah. Well, I think I don't know. Obviously, this is my take on it, but I personally don't. Really, that I'm not really that interested in a transfer window. I mean, obviously, it's cool when you see like a player sign for a club and you're like, Whoa, I didn't expect that. But all in all, it's just signing a player to a team, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work out. No, you know? and you get you're right, you get these this flurry of activity where the media's saying, Oh, the Manchester United have had the best transfer window this summer, and will it, it might be enough to win them the Premier League? It's like, Well, nobody knows. No. Because, you know, Arsenal brought in loads of players in the summer, but it's the, the th- three losses out of three games. So, you know, it's. I also think it's a case of Liverpool uh, looking at the players that they've got coming through the academy, like you mentioned, 
why go out and spend, say, 50, 60 million on one player when they can use the younger players that are in the in in the in the in the reserve team we call it on the 23s as they like to call it now. They're tra- training with them at the training ground every day, and they well, get to see what they're like. Well, let's like say you're gonna you bring a, like a player in, you're gonna new to that young talent, aren't you? you? That's why you have an academy to bring players into the first team. That's why it's the body's there for. That's why you pay the big money every year for it to for guys to come through. All right, some may not, but you can sell one or two of them for a decent money, and it pays for your your academy for the year, doesn't it? Which is what Liverpool have done with. Harry Wilson, you know, guys like that. Reese Williams going out on loan. That pays back some of the academy fees. At least at Liverpool, you know, these lads who are like 16, 17 years old, 18 are going to have a chance. Klopp's going to give him a chance. He's not like a Chelsea who stockpiles them, sends loads of them out on loan and then sells them for a profit. And they're not going to get a sniff for the first team. All right, maybe... At the moment, Mason Mount, Reese James are in the first team, aren't they? And they're quality players on England internationals. But a lot of the time, those players leave, like i.e. Lukaku, and then they buy him back for big money, i.e. Pogba at Man United. Yeah. Or Sancho, who was at City, didn't get a look in, goes to Germany, comes back to England to United for 70 million. Yeah. Which will probably happen with Jude Bellingham. Like maybe next summer, I don't know whether yeah. we'll be in the mix. I'd like to say we'll be in the mix for him because he's a quality player, but yeah, that's the that's the issue you've got, isn't it? All the fans go, oh, we haven't bought a forward, we haven't bought a midfielder to replace Genie Wijnaldum, but then, and we've sold Shakiri, not replaced him, but Harvey Elliott's coming, had a year on loan, bulked up. Look how good he is now. He's been mm. phenomenal since he's been in the squad in the team. And yeah, you've still I got mean, Kurt Jones there who's who's going to get better. So yeah. why splurge a load of money on a player, weight and wages and everything, when you've got somebody just as good coming through? It's, yeah. It doesn't make financial sense, does it, really? Well, I think for me, it's like the, the, the ideal formula I would want at Liverpool would be Ajax, the way they do it. Mm. They have, they have a very intense uh, academy up bringing so they say that the training is as hard as playing football matches or it used to be I don't know where it is anymore but Jan Morby mentioned that when he was at Ajax Academy it was like you train so hard that when you played the game on the weekend the game was easy so for me that kind of upbringing would be the right thing to do because Mm. you get those then group of players that then move into the first team squad automatically and they get a chance and then it's like, if it's not working out, they can make money on them. Mm. And obviously everybody knows, oh, this lad's from the Ajax Academy. Jeez, we need to sign him. And so there's already that like, stamp of approval on the player, even though they might have not really played many, very many first-team matches. And, you know, you get a lot like Tadic that played for Ajax and then went to Southampton. Okay, Southampton's not as big as Ajax, but because he was going from Netherlands to England, it was a bit distorted. But they made money on him, and then they probably made money on him again. No, they didn't make money on him again because they brought him back to Ajax. Yeah, they brought him back, didn't they? It's kind of like they made some money on him, and they've made 
money on other players like Andrew Van der Maeder. When you look at it, you've got you've got Luke De Jong recently. You've got Delict at Ajax. You've got Donny Van der Beek. Was he at Ajax? Who's at Man United now? Um, Graven Birch is coming through, isn't he? The midfielder. So you know, there's a lot of players who come through that system who end up at big teams. And Ajax sell them for big money, but then they keep churning these these players out, which is what you want. That is, like you say, the ideal scenario, which I'm hoping like that's what Dortmund do as well, isn't it? Similar kind of thing. But Yeah, I mean, obviously it's not easy when you're competing with oil nations, which is crap because they're always going out and whopping a load of cash on one player. But I think you can still compete with it you can still win things because I think it's been proven mm. that you can with Dortmund and Liverpool now. Oh, yeah. But I still think we need to be up there in that terms with Ajax because I always think they're the barometer of mm. how, academy, how an academy should be run. Yeah, well, you look yeah. at Liverpool, we got... I know we signed Cade Gordon from Derby County and paid a few million for him, I think. Harvey Elliott, the same from Fulham. I think we've just signed a kid from Newcastle. 16-year-old from Newcastle. So, you know, it's not all in our academy, but you can get lads from others and build on it from there. I know it's not ideal, but that can be done. But these days, that's where you get your better value for money, isn't it? You buy a young lad. The problem is that you got now is that the football world, or should I say football fans, not all football fans, but some... Twitter fans. Want to see, no, well, not Twitter. We'll just say football fans. They mm-hmm. want to see some like proof that it works now. They don't want to be like, oh, well, we bought this 16-year-old kid and I reckon give him a few years and be a really good player and then, you know, he'll be in the first team. That's not good enough, that. It's, yeah. We want it now and we want, we want to be able to see results and we want to win things now. Whereas... No, there's only one team that can win the league. There's only one team that can win the Champions League. There's only one team that can win the FA Cup yeah. and the League Cup. Yeah. So that's only four trophies for four different teams, or maybe even the four, the same team wins all four. Oh yeah, it can happen, yeah. So you know, okay, I wanted Liverpool to win the league every year, but you can't just sit there and be like so devastated when they don't win it one year and then be demanding that. Oh, we gotta go out and sign Cristiano Ronaldo from Juventus, oh, because he's the best and all this kind of stuff. You know, it's just nothing against Man United for doing that, but you know, it just doesn't make any sense why it'd be like us going and getting Steven Gerrard back. You know, well, I suppose the one would be in a similar to United would be us buying Suarez back, wouldn't it? Hmm. From Atletico Madrid, that's that's a similar kind of. That'd be a similar kind of signing as Ronaldo has, has been. Yeah. You know, and it's it's we I don't want I wouldn't want Luis Suarez to come back. Mm-hmm. Not because I don't think he's an awful he's he's a crap player or anything. I do he's a good player, but to go through that again with him, with him when we know what he's like mm-hmm. as a player on the pitch and what he does to win games sometimes is not the way we want to play anymore. You don't want to look backwards either. I know United have done it with Ronaldo as like a nostalgia thing, and you know he's still a quality player even though he's thirty six years old. Uh, he's keeping himself in great shape. He could probably play another 
three, four years at the top level. Wouldn't surprise me. But to me, why why do you go backwards? Mm. He could stunt the growth of a Rashford, a Greenwood, guys like that who are your future. Doesn't seem to make sense. And they've got him and they've got Cavani, who's, what, 34 in the attack. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems a bit short-sighted, a way to go. But don't get me wrong, Ronaldo's quality, he might do well for him and he might win him trophies for the next two years because he's a winner. But are you willing to risk that on a player like Ronaldo uh, to stunt the growth of other players, youth play, younger players, who may end up saying, well, if you spend that money on Ronaldo, I ain't going to get a game, I'm off. And then, yeah. you go, you know what I mean? It's 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 a double-edged sword, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, at this present time, it feels as though football teams are more fo- uh, slightly focused on commercial aspects and what, what it will bring to the... To the clubs, money, money uh, wise, I think that's maybe one reason why they've got Ronaldo back. Oh, he'll make him they a shed load of money, won't he? He'll make a shed load of money on kits and stuff and shirts. So they'll probably make his wage back for the year pretty quick, just selling his shirt name on his back of shirt. I also think that might have been one re- slight reason why <laughs> Grella went to Man-, Man City as well, mm. just for the fact that because of the price he was getting bought for and that. Then there'll be more like uh, Shazam or Razzmatazz, I suppose yeah, you could yeah, say, yeah, yeah. for the deal, so that it possibly would make the make the investment worth it. That they would bring in more money. Mm. Um, but the the way the way that it is with regards to uh, investment in football at this time because of the pandemic that we had, I think that's possibly why. The Ronaldo deal was done to get bring in more money that, mm. that they might have not had if they'd left it alone. Yeah, I suppose a lot of teams, at least in Liverpool's case, were self sufficient. We we don't overspend our means, do we? Really, which is good. I'd rather do that than splurge millions and millions of pounds and get in debt like. United could be in trouble of doing if it doesn't work and they miss out on the Champions League, which I doubt they will. But if they did for a few years, they'd be in like serious trouble of be like doing a Barcelona and mm. being in serious, serious money problems. Yeah, um, I think they're in that situation already. They, it's not sustainable what they're doing. They're just fortunate that um, the name or the brand, should I say, mm, yeah. is well renowned that people buy a lot of things yeah. from them. No, no. So they're yeah. fortunate in that sense. I think if there had been a club that didn't have that name, then they could be in uh, a lot of trouble. It's kind of for United, it's keeping up with the Joneses, isn't it? Like with with City and Chelsea in England, trying the best to, to say, oh, we're a big team, we can spend money like them. Do you think Chelsea have spent 100 million nearly on Lukaku? Pretty close. Mm. And obviously Man City have spent 100 million on Grealish. United have got to try and to be seen as being able to compete with them. Hence the reason yeah. they bought Sancho and they got Varane for a good price and they got Ronaldo. Mm. So, well, if we look at if we look at the tr- end of the transfer window. Yeah, we'll go to that. Yeah, carry on. Yeah. 
if all the teams that you've got in it, uh, the Premier League will just take, not nor the European leagues. Um, if you look at the so-called top, if we take the top four then of Man City, Chelsea, Liverpool, and uh, Manchester United. The only team really that you could say has come out and spent, well, the only two teams you could say has come out and invested a lot in players is Manchester United and uh, Chelsea. Man City did spend 100 million on Grealish, Rich. You can't discount that, can you? No, but I think if you look at overall what they needed to do, They've not really done it, have they? I mean, I know they brought in Grealish, but they needed a forward. They didn't get one. Well, to me, Grealish was a luxury player for City because they've got a lot of players very similar to him already mm. in the squad. Why would you spend that kind of money on him when, you, like you say, they needed a striker when they could quite easily kept that money they had for Grealish, giving it to somebody else for an attacking player? Because I'm sure... Lukaku, if he if he did, well, he might have gone to Chelsea anyway. But there's obviously some other players like him around. You could spend hundred million pounds and buy a striker instead of a attacking midfielder who they've got plenty of. And I'm sure there'd be like a striker out there who they could get for that kind of cash. Yeah, that's issue. what kind of surprised me. I thought they might have gone for a, a Holland from Dortmund because of the. Harry Kane uh, fiasco, I suppose. But, I mean, us and Man City, considering we've been dominant over the last... Uh, mostly City, but with the two teams have been so dominant in terms of points, mm. that those two teams have been overshadowed by Chelsea and Manchester United's uh, buying in the summertime, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. Maybe we felt... I think Liverpool have felt we've got enough for this season and we'll start looking next season to get a big name to bolster the team when maybe somebody like Firmino's getting a bit older and they may be like looking to phase him out and bringing somebody else in to maybe take his place. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's a case of they were looking at players to bring in, but the... It just wasn't financially possible mm. Mm. at this present time. Yeah, next year you'll have a season of full houses and once Sam Field's rebuilt and you've got more fans in and the finances are better after the pandemic, then you'll see us probably sign a few players next summer, I think. Yeah, well, I think we've got to also take into account we don't know the other financial losses that mm. happened because mm. uh, we obviously have to wait for the next financial report to come in next year. Yeah, and that could be a loss of over a hundred million quite so, easily. Yeah, quite you know, easily. you take that into account, then it's like, ooh, you know, they did the right thing maybe to hang whole fire on uh, using a lot of money that they potentially didn't have. Well, basically, like you, you know, say they've. They've bought Canate, but they've made that money back selling players. So it's like they've kind of balanced the books that way. So they've not actually spent a lot on transfers. All right, they spent a lot on new deals and upping players' wages, which I'd rather they keep the quality players they've got to longer deals than sign somebody else. If it may, if it not signing somebody means we keep Henderson, Van Dyke. Alison, Fabinho to longer 
for longer, then I'm quite happy to, for that to happen. Mm. You know? Yeah, I think they've done the right thing. Um, a lot. I know people can get slightly disappointed with the fact that maybe Liverpool didn't invest a little bit more, but obviously we don't know the ins and outs of what's going on with the football club because rightfully so, why should they tell us? No, <laughs> no exactly. Yeah, we don't want to know. All we're worried about is what happens on the pitch. That's it. Mm. Simple as that, really, isn't it? We don't care about financial stuff as long as we can compete on the pitch with everybody else then that's all that matters isn't it really in the in the long run and we yeah. subs- and we keep ourselves afloat which is the main thing mm. we don't go under like certain teams could because of this pandemic and everything you got that's what I'm more worried about our team being around 10 years in, in 10 years time mm. you know that's the we've main been, thing we've been we've been to the precipice and Almost seen the club go out of existence, um, which wasn't really that long ago. No, true. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, people have short memories when certain football fans, don't they, when it comes to uh, stuff they want, like you say, they're all instant success. And when we don't sign a midfielder or an attacker, they're like, that's it, we ain't winning nothing this year because we've not got enough strength and depth is a bit ridiculous, but... That's... I think it's always a good thing that you never look back mm. very often, but yeah, at the same time, you should never, you should, you should try and be obviously realistic and remember what actually happened not, not that long ago when we almost were in a state where we we were possibly being told to shut up shop yeah. and not in... carry on anymore, which is un, unthinkable in that sense, but. Uh, it could have been a possibility. Oh yeah, very, very real. We were in deep doo doo, as as they say. We were close to administration, so you know, and that's happened to a lot of teams over the past ten years. So I'm just thankful that we're we're still going and we're we've got a good side. So no complaints for me. So we give it about a a B for uh, the f- opening first three games of the season. I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. I think we've done pretty well. And all the front four scored, so, you know, Salah's got two, Jota's got two, Mane scored, Firmino scored, so I think we're doing all right. We've only conceded once off a set piece, so I'm not too fussed. You know, I'm quite happy. Yeah, I think that's the thing that amazes me, what what the people want, you know. Mm. You, can't, you can't expect any more than that, other than them getting... Nine points. People want nine, nine points. Not conceding a shot and goal. Yeah, people want nine points. Conceding no goals, scoring about 15. But it just yeah. doesn't work that way. That's just no. not the way it works. Well, that'll make it boring anyway as well, wouldn't it? You know, if you've got no competition, that's what makes football football. Competition yeah. and yeah. trying to overcome obstacles. Would you really want it to be like Scotland where it's just Rangers and Celtic every every year, pretty much? Yeah. It's yeah, nice exactly. when there's somebody up there else up there, like an Aberdeen or... Dundee United or Motherwell or whoever it may be. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I take Spain as a prime example that years and years and years ago, this was going to be like that because they don't have enough competition that eventually the two top teams, Real Madrid and Barcelona, were going to suffer. Yeah. But the league has suffered long before that because the other teams that are in there were not competing financially because... Nobody was willing to give them any uh, 
any advertising. It was just all Real Madrid and Barcelona and that was it. Isn't that the same in France as well now when you've got Paris Saint-Germain? <laughs> it's the same thing in France, isn't it, basically? It's Paris Saint-Germain and nobody else. But then, to be fair, Lille did win the league last year, so... Yeah, but you know. it's like the odd exception. Mm. Whereas, you know, if you try and, like the Premier League has done really well, is promote the Premier League, not just promote Barcelona and Real mm. Madrid. Mm. You, you it's a thing as a whole, league, isn't yeah. it? It's a whole thing, yeah. It's yeah. like a whole thing, like they say, the Premier League. You know, and <clears throat> people could say, oh, I don't really want to watch Burnley versus, I don't know. Norwich. Uh, Norwich. But you, those games need to be played because then it keeps those teams financially uh, in the, in the in it as well. So then there can be competition. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a reason why players don't go to Italy very often or to Spain now because the Premier League's the place to be. Plus those teams don't have the cash to sign them anymore. So, you know, there's, only, there's not really any teams you can spend the money that Premier League teams can anymore. Oh, sorry. But I think that's the thing. The Premier League's been branded so well and advertised so well that mm. that's, that's where it's at now that the Burnley can afford to spend... How much did they spend on their new uh, player that they got recently? I don't actually know. Record fee for the team was it? Was it? I don't, I don't yeah. really know. Forty million maybe something like that. So you know, it wasn't really that long ago where Burnley were playing in the championship and they wouldn't mm. be able to afford that. No, that's very true. That's very true. Um, so I suppose we'll move on from the football talk because we've talked quite a bit. I don't think you want to talk about. International break, will you much? No, international break. Been, uh, <laughs> kiss my behind. I, I know England won 4-0 against Hungary last night. There was a lot of uh, racist stuff going on in Hungary, which was not very nice to see. Not a surprise, really, to be honest. Yeah, that was a bit sad. Um, I suppose, what else would you like to talk about, Rich? I know we've had a bit of NBA news with the Bulls trading Markkinen to the Cleveland Cavaliers, I believe. Yeah, I think the Bulls got a good deal out of that. They got second and third, first and second draft picks, wasn't it? Yeah, and they acquired, is it a forward <coughs> from, was it Portland? Was it Portland? I'm, I'm not sure. Anthony, Anthony knows his stuff better than me. I think I think that was who they acquired, from what I remember. Um, obviously, you've had the Paralympics this week. has been going on all over TV in the UK. I don't know if you've had as much in Norway, I'm not sure. Uh, ben Simmons wants to leave 76ers as well. Mm. That was another one that was I uh, read uh, yesterday. Mm. Apparently he won't come back to summer training if he's not traded. Right. So it would be interesting to see which teams would be interested to take him because apparently they want, there was mentions that they would like a trade as uh, as akin to what Houston Rockets got for James Harden Is Ben Simmons that good? Yeah exactly that's where a lot of teams I think said good luck with that one to, well, yeah. to the 76ers Well a lot of 76ers fans were not too pleased with him in the playoffs were they? They thought Philadelphia would go all the way and get to the finals and um, you know it's uh, it's been a tough one because I think a lot of a lot of Philly fans are gonna are basically now saying he's not much cop. 
are not good enough for for him. They need to replace him. Hence, and now he's uh, obviously saying he's on the trade block. He wants to be traded, but like you say, who's gonna spend the big bucks or offer offer players in exchange for him when they know he's not he's not quite at that level. You need to win a championship. I think that's the perspective thing again because I remember when they went out and there was on social media there was videos of fans out in the streets after the game like really really um, giving a lot of bad bad comments about him mm. and I was thinking it's amazing how people's uh, perspectives are of uh, our expectations are of people mm. it's amazing it's like they were expecting that he was going to get them and Embiid as well to the finals. But it's like, you can't guarantee that they're going to do that. Mm. That's like, you are unbelievably, unequivocally think it's going to happen. That's impossible. You know, and they were getting so angry. So I can understand why Ben Simmons would want to leave, to be mm. honest, because he's just, a, he's just a basketball player. He's not... He's not a president of the United States who promised to change your law or give something to towards it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. amazing. So I can understand why he'd want to lead the 76ers. Well, um, I get the feeling he feels underappreciated by the fans in Philadelphia. And uh, he probably thinks, well, if you're going to treat me like that, then I'm, I'm better off elsewhere where people will appreciate me, hmm. my talent. Um, is what teams in the NBA though are going to need his kind of player what position is he playing is he a, f- a guard is he a guard is he um, I'm not sure isn't he a, f- a forward is he a forward I thought he was a guard there's got to be teams who can who, who can take him who, who need him maybe to push them to that next level I'm not sure who but I'm sure there's... he's a point guard actually I thought he was a guard yeah yeah, yeah. But, um, would would yeah, your I mean, team, the Celtics, look at him? Oh no! Uh, I don't know. I think they'd have to, um, they'd have to, and uh, uh, give over a lot of trades, and they've already done that for uh, some of the other deals that they've done in the summertime. So, I mean, he's yeah, he's the only the only thing that he's not really great on is his three pointers. Yeah. Doesn't really get his field goal average isn't isn't that fantastic, right. and that's what he struggled with in the um, in the uh, playoffs as well. He was surprised by how much he was just giving the ball up for other people to right. to shoot. He wasn't he was, taking the he responsibility. He wasn't taking the responsibility on himself, so to speak. Yeah, and I think that's what they were very disappointed in. But again, you know, he's only twenty five. Um, we've got a lot to do. Oh, we have uh, a run in. We have a run in, oh. Rich. Yeah, we have another one. We can. And Anthony has joined the podcast. Welcome, Anthony. Good evening, Anthony. Yeah, How are you? Yeah, we're just talking about Ben Simmons and what's going oh, on with him uh, on, his, on his way. Well, we'll see if he leaves the 76ers because obviously he said he, w- he won't return to. Summer camp or training camp before the season if he's not traded. Yeah, I've heard about that. He's uh, he's he's not a happy guy, is he? I I don't know. I think you unless you've got something in 
unless you're like going to be a free agent or you've, you've got solid reason to uh, go because another club, another team wants, is definitely is in talks and you've got to turn up to practice, haven't you? Mm. He kind of hasn't got a leg to stand on because he's got a long, he's got a, quite a good deal with him, hasn't he? Very, um, yeah, long, so long, it's like he's a bit stuck when it comes to saying you could you could say you go on you can trade me all you want, but if if the sixes aren't going to get what they feel they they want for him, he's stuck, basically. Yeah. You know, it's Don't one of those. He's, he's, a, he's a talented player. He's you know his potential is like sky high, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But I think with Embiid though now being the main man. He's kind of been a bit withdrawn, I think, and his, mm. his performances when they need him the most. I don't know if he's had injuries that he's been playing with or what, but he's he's not really been the level as what he has been mm-hmm. previous seasons, in my opinion. Mm. Mm. Like I like I said though to Rob, I was expect. I think Philadelphia were expecting him to be the double act with. Mm. Uh, and the because they'd done that in the regular season for quite a while, and it was expected that they would do quite well in the playoffs, but didn't work out that way. But no. I think because they expected the 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 fans were almost as like they expected it was going to happen that they were yeah. going to get to the finals or at least to the to the conference finals, but it didn't happen, and they got angry. So, like I said be earlier, you know, I can understand why he maybe wants to leave because he was getting a lot of criticism. Yeah. Well, he did. I think some of the criticism, I can't know, I just said that I think he was withdrawn, but he could have been playing that way because of a bit of abuse he might have been hearing or, or what, or he might not have been getting on with his teammates in training or, you know. But I, I do think he's a very good player. I was always impressed with him and I think he, le- he learned the NBA way very fast. And you know his his numbers, like at times was like crazy. Just mm. his accuracy, I think. But you're right, playoffs he didn't seem to be at, at that level everyone expected him to be. But I do believe that Joel Embiid is the main guy there now. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he was always brought in to be the main guy. Really, wasn't he? he was he was the what would I say the uh, gold piece? Yeah. Or, the you could the see why, him, yeah. You could see maybe why Ben Simmons had a bit of if he, I don't know, obviously, but if he's feeling a bit, you know, well, I, I should be the main guy. I was here earlier and yeah. at that high level, and but, but I think I think Embiid, I I'd rate him better than uh, Giannis. Me personally, I think he's like unbelievable the things that he can do. Yeah. With the preferred for for a centre, yeah, do you know what? Uh, his movement and his yeah. play with the ball and his hands is is incredible for a a, a big centre that he is. Yeah, well, it's like the regular season MVP, Jokic, and I'd rate him better than Embiid as well. <laughs> I think, and I think, I think Giannis you know, is obviously a power forward and he can play centre, can't he? But. Mm-hmm. There is some big men in the league who who seem to, you know, he won he won finals MVP, didn't he? And he won the finals, so you can't take that away from him. But the centres in in the game who who can shoot better and are just as dominant in the paint 
like Embiid is uh, and can shoot a free. Mm. Um, I think that's you know, I think um, Shaquille O'Neal's right was is that the big men's time is coming back. I think. I think yeah, yeah, I think you're right. A lot of talented centers. Mm. Oh yeah, well look at Bulls with uh, Vukovic or his name is Vuk. Mm. Luke he's a player as well. Yeah. What do you think, Ant? Speak of the Bulls, this marketing trade from last week. I think that's a really good trade. We we seem to have got protected draft picks back, mm-hmm. um, which what I was kind of a bit disappointed when we've done trades before that where we lost, you know, uh, good or high number high numbered picks, mm-hmm. and we seem to have got two back, haven't we? We've got a first round protected and a second round. Where you know we don't have to give. I think we can give. We give one up, but we've got one protected, and I think that was a key. You've got to keep getting that youth in. But um, yeah, I think with Derek, Derek Jones Jr. and you know, yeah, I think it's good. Right. Cool, cool. Any other news Ant, that you want to talk about this week that you think was pertinent to the show? So the show, any sport? Yeah, anything you oh. want. Yeah, yeah. We've talked in depth about Liverpool and how we're getting on and what, how we feel the season's going so far and then a bit bit about the transfers window and what we thought of that. So anything else you want to add, really? Anything you want to speak about yourself? I think, well, I didn't see much of the England game last night, but seeing the abuse that the players got was a bit disgraceful. And I think finally the FA are reacting fast. Um to, to these things, I think that's important. That you know, and 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 some of the fans who were, I think, in question of what they might have been saying or throwing have been caught on TV and shown on media. And mm-hmm. I think that was key to move, try and move forward in 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 that area in sports. Don't you know? Don't hide them. Show show them to the world. Or how not very nice they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that is something. But I think um, Formula One's. You've watched that more, don't you, Rob? Yeah, last week. All the stuff that's going on in there with the crashes and mm. other people winning. Oh, last week was mad. It was like the Grand Prix. I think it was Belgium. It might have been the Spa. I might be wrong. They basically did two laps in the really bad weather, and they all finished the positions they finished on pole. So basically, yeah. it was a washout basically. And uh, can't be fair that really, can it? Well, a lot of the a lot of the um, drivers were like, "This is a farce." This is not racing. Basically, it's just a procession for two laps to get the number of laps in the need to basically mean a race has been done, so to speak. And it was just wherever you finished, wherever you were when you're on the grid, it's where you finished. So Verstappen was on pole, he won. Um, Williams, the Williams driver, George Russell, was actually on second and he, he got second place, which was good for Williams. They haven't really done a lot for a while. And Hamilton, I think, was third. On the grid, yeah. so he obviously came third. Um, so yeah, there's a there's another Grand Prix this weekend, and there's been a lot of crashes and mad things going on with that. I know Hamilton's had problems with his car. I think it's in Holland this this week in Verstappen's yeah, home he's, country. Uh, he's, yeah, he's not. I don't think he's finished. Whatever he's doing, practice to there. Mm, mm. I know they've got qualifying tomorrow, so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, and uh, Kimi Raikkonen's announced his retirement at the end of the season. So he's retiring at the end of the season from Formula One. Is he retiring from all motorsports? I don't know. I know he's 
retiring from Formula One, but I'm not sure about anything else. He may end up going into, um, I don't know really, you know, kind of Le Mans 24 hours or it could be any other type of motorsport. I'm trying to think, rally championships, could be anything really, you know. There's yeah. a, lot of, a lot of stuff out there. Whether he'll give up altogether, maybe not, I don't, I don't know, but I know he's retired from Formula One as of the end of the season this season. Oh, I was going to say, what did you guys make of Ronaldo's transfer and he's breaking the record for international goals? And you might have talked about this already. We talked about his transfer a little with regards to what we, what we, what our thoughts were, but our thoughts were basically that it was done more so for commercial reasons. Than right. it would be. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, his international thing is incredible. I mean, to do what he's done. Much. Is unbelievable. Uh, just shows you the type of mentality that he's got as a football player to, to with, be at that top level still. Yeah, thirty-six. Yeah. Mm. I think what kind of made me a bit, a, a bit jealous. Really, I'm not saying I'm jealous of Man United as such, but I'm jealous of the feeling of a legend coming back. Because I remember when Paolo resigned under Benitez, how happy I was. Uh, and it's so good to see someone who obviously you adore and idolise in the back in a in your club's shirt, and I mm. think I do miss that as being a Liverpool fan. I wish it was someone who we could, you know, resurrect and bring back. It'd be good. Yeah, the only ones I could think of, but we said about Suarez, Rich, didn't we? We we uh, had our reasonings behind why that wouldn't happen, and obviously uh, the Brazilian magician Coutinho, but. I don't think that'll ever happen either. Nah. So I just, I just don't think Liverpool need to. They're not. They're not in a situation where they're not desperate, but pining for former glory. Kind of excitement. I mm. think that's the way of looking at it. From my well, think... perspective, it's trying to give the fans like give them something what they want, you know, just to make them feel happy. Well, it's after all this Super League that. stuff in it, so they're they're probably thinking. Right, we'll splurge a bit of cash, bring Ronaldo back, put all the, get all the fans back on side after what happened with all this Super League stuff and yeah. the fans wanting him out all the time. So that's probably why the board and the, the stuff's done it. Yeah, they thought, right, we'll sign Ronaldo back, yeah, spend true. a bit of money and everybody will be happy. It's this per player stuff, though, for me. The amount of money City spent and, and they've had the pandemic and the amount of money United have spent and you're thinking, I wonder if they, this in a couple of years it'll come up in that third play review and all that stuff and possible yes. bans and all that stuff. But well, uh, fair financial fair play has been relaxed, hasn't it, for this has season? It? So that's why uh, clubs can afford to uh, spend more money this year without uh, yeah. having to uh, undergo any penalties or anything like that. So. They're fortunate in that sense. Yeah. Right, I didn't realise. We should have done something then. <laughs> <laughs> we were never gonna do our and we're too frugal. Um that's it. We 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 yeah. basically have money a certain amount of money to spend and then we have whatever we make on player sales, we use that. Basically we've yeah. sold enough players and we've paid for Canate and we don't have to worry, so it is well, I think it that's is. the thing. I mean, we're going to have to look at Canate. He's not even started a game yet. Yeah, no. no. 
So you think people are probably thinking, oh, they bring him in and he'll be starting every game. It's like, uh, no. I don't think anybody, anybody who really knew about football or knew about Liverpool were thinking, yeah, he's going to start the season. He's going to start who he thinks is his best two together. Yeah. And who's played too many games, maybe he might have a rest. Well, you know he'll probably play Canate and Gomez against Norwich in the League Cup, so, you know, that's, that's what I happened. hope so. I, mean, I, I want to see Gomez back starting, because for me, I love Matip, I think he's brilliant, but for me, when Gomez and Van Dijk were the the fittest in, in that Championship winning season, they were just the speed of them both and the power and, uh, you know, just... Yeah. You can't say it against Matip, though, he started the season well no. and... Yes, he, he, looked, my, he looks good, so, you know. They'd be my ideal pairing. But Gomez had a bad injury, didn't he? Mm. And he's but not built like Virgil's come back people. in. Virgil's come back in and he don't look out of place. He looks like back to his old self, pretty much. Yeah, well, I actually said that Matt, it's been better than him. Yeah. These three games. Yeah. For me, personally, I think, I think Van Dijk's been awful, but... Don't think he's at the level he was before yeah. he got the injury. Yet. He's still getting up to speed, and he so it's going to take no, him a bit of time. Don't be wrong. I, I know why Gomez isn't playing because Matip has been that good. It's mm. <laughs> been amazing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, anything else you guys want to speak about this week? Um. Um. Ah, oh, yes. I was going to say the boxing. I think Pacquiao. Maybe his time's done. Um, he got, you know, a decision defeat, didn't he? Mm. Outboxed by a younger guy. Um, I know Sky Sports have signed this boxer deal, boxing deal thing, haven't they? Well, there's so many big fights uh, coming up. Because uh, obviously Matchroom and Eddie Hearn and that the zone have, have moved on, haven't they? So. Mm. Well, what did you think of uh, Woodley and... Uh, Jake Paul was it Jake Paul or Logan Paul one of the two one of the Paul brothers did you catch any of that yeah um, probably was a draw maybe mm. um, the other guy was a was a really old ex-MMA fighter wasn't he yeah Tyrone Woodley he's not that old he's I think like, he's in his like mid-30s late 30s yeah, he's, old, he's like Jake Paul's like 22 yeah I know I know yeah yeah yeah. it's like and he's like boasting that he's, you know, he's a brilliant winner and all that stuff. I'm thinking, if you fought, um, you know, the young Fury, you know, Well, that's the rumour, that's who's going to be next, but it, Tommy Fury didn't... get destroyed. Tommy Fury didn't have the greatest fight on that card either, from what I've heard. No, but he's destructive, he can punch, he's knockout rating in the fight, the little fights he has had, he's, he's brilliant and, mm. you know, he's... Yeah, he'll, he'll batter Jake Paul. And then obviously Dubois, I think, got a knockout on that card, didn't he? Daniel Dubois. He did, yeah. yeah. I've read as well that it's going to be um, George Joyce versus Joseph Parker. Mm, that'll be good. That will be interested in that one. Yeah, that'll be good. The juggernaut. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got a big UFC card this weekend, a lot of British interest. Um, a few Scousers fighting on the card. You've got. Darren Till in the main event. Yeah. Uh, Paddy the Baddy Pimlet in his UFC debut. And uh, Molly Meatball McCann's got a fight as well. Three Scousers. Looking forward to that is tomorrow that, night. Pardon? Is that Liverpool Echo Arena? No, it's in Vegas, I think. Oh, yeah, it's in Vegas, from what I remember. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch that. It's at a reasonable time, UK time tomorrow. It's on 
the main card starts 9pm UK time, so that's good. That's really good. So I'll be watching that, that should be interesting. You don't have to be knackered the next day. Well, exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I'm looking forward to that, it should be good that. Um, but yeah, that's that's all the news for this week, boys. Um, anything you'd like to add before we before we sign off? I'm good. I'm glad you managed to get on the show for a bit. Yeah, no, nice <laughs> to see you. Yeah. Sorry for interrupting. Oh, cool. Um, we're always happy for you to interrupt. It's all good. Well, anything from you, Rich? Anything to add? No, just want to say thank you for everybody that listens to the show. Really appreciate it. Again, please share us with the like-minded people who might want to listen to this show. It's fun for us and we like doing these podcasts, not just for you guys, but for ourselves as well. Definitely. Mm, a lot of fun. I agree. We're I, on all the uh, usual podcast apps out there. We're on Instagram. Uh, so just follow us, Three mm. Northern Boys Podcast on I, Instagram. Cool. i just like to add one more thing. I just want to say RIP to... Uh, XWCW and uh, TNA star Daphne, who sadly passed away yesterday, um, apparently from suicide. So, you know, very sad, very sad. And uh, just don't forget, people, just tell everybody who's close to you that you love them and mental health is a really, really big problem. So much, much respect to Daphne and RIP Daphne. And yeah, yeah, mental health's no joke and... Just everybody be good to each other and stay safe. So that's it from me this week. That's it from me, Rob. Um, I'd just like to say thank you, Anthony, for coming on and doing a bit of a running. Cheers, thanks for having me. And uh, thanks to Rich for being on the show and uh, hope everybody has a good rest of the week and uh, enjoy your week. So good night, everybody, and stay safe. See you.